and we you know we talk about these programs we go back to pa and, we, and then you look at greenwood and one of the reasons and you can even go back you can go down to lakeside they're doing it now too with coach mcbride down there yeah but these coaches he's a scrapper is he that's yep. right sure he is but these coaches have invested in their youth programs they're they're building from the ground up and we've talked about this a lot about you know coaches giving back to the youth program and, and learning these kids at a yeah. young age and, and implementing their system and, and their their beliefs their characteristics yeah. into these kids and so when they get to the high school level they already know what's expected of them. oh yeah you know when we played pa and, and with our peewee teams man we saw you know kevin kelly's on the sidelines right when you talked to christian about playing and you were the athletic director for the peewees here mm-hmm. who did you talk to at christian their athletic director of their high school that's right Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Safeguard Insurance Studios. Your hosts, Matt McJunkins and Matt Wilcox, your source for Arkansas high school sports. You are now Between the Mats. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Between the Mats. This is Matt McJunkins here at the American Safeguard Insurance Studio. Right across from me is the man... The myth, the legend, Matty Stats Wilcox. How you doing, Matt? What up, what up? How are you, Yes, jumping? sir. I'm doing great, man. And back from the dead, <laughs> the Stuttgart Carl Spears. What's happening, fellas? What's happening? Hey, I got a, I got a couple questions for you. Number one, did you Hurry miss me? Hurry up. I got a lot to talk about. Did, did you miss me last week? And then, don't answer that. And then number two, how was that trip down there? And how about them rice birds, baby? Well, number one, I actually like having Sean here last week. <laughs> He ran a lot smoother, didn't he? <laughs> Thanks, no, Wilcox. No, we, we did miss you. We did miss you. He liked that Sean was here because Sean doesn't laugh at my jokes, and you do. See, I'm, gonna not, which, I'm not going to do it today. I'm not going to do it today. Which, by the way, I was really upset with the SEC changing the game to Arkansas and Missouri this week after I told my don't Missouri have jokes, jokes last Oh, but don't worry. <laughs> Oh, but wait. Oh, just wait. Yeah, so how was your trip down there to, to my land, oh, the man. Rice Birds, man? Let me tell you, I've, I've been to Stuttgart several times to watch ball games. One of my really good friends down there used to be the head coach, Todd Barnes. Yeah, I know Todd. And uh, so, you know, going back to Stuttgart, you know, brought back some memories. For me, I'm sure not like it would for you, Oh, Carl. I know. I wish I could have gone. My goodness, but, man. But, man, you know. With the COVID crowd and, and everything considered, it was still electric down there, man. It was one of the best high school football games I I've think, watched. say, the game in itself, you know, watching it on TV, I mean, I was just – I found myself standing up like I knew the Hogs game or something. I mean, it was so exciting to watch. It was. And, and we me, – me and Junk sat there and we talked, you know, throughout the game naturally. But, I mean, there were several times in the ball game to where we looked at each other and thought, man, that's it. Stuck, and I mean, this game's over for stuff. I hard. thought the same thing. Yep. I tell you, man, I I just loved the atmosphere, you know, and, and and sometimes it's a little bit lost in a bigger town. Not not when you get to the game and the fans that are actually there, but just the whole community being involved. Where at Stuttgart was a lot like where I grew up. Stuttgart's not really that small of a place, but but the atmosphere was a lot like where I grew up. Where you know Friday night, everybody it's football, it's football, yeah, it's right. football, and like. You know, and and I hope I, if I think we got a lot a lot more fans from Stuttgart after this weekend because there was a lot of people with real positive reaction to the post and stuff. So I don't want this to offend anybody. But looking at the field, I mean, 
That Robinson team looked like a bunch of college football players out there playing against Stuttgart. They were very and, impressive. And, and I just thought, man, you know, especially when Stuttgart got down, I was like, they're just they're just too athletic. Well, you know, I told my son, he he we watched it together. I taped it and we went back and watched it together and I said, Son, this is how you see a team that refuses to lose. Right. And that's how Stuttgart played. I mean, even though they were down, you could tell those boys aren't used to losing. Right. And and, and, and their fans were behind them. Yes. I mean, they were they were mad. They were excited. They were happy. I mean, yeah. whatever emotion was on the field was in the stands. That's right. And, and it was just it was really it was really fun. You know, I don't know if you noticed from the, the videos that I posted, I always turned around and got the the stands as well. That was because awesome. Because they, they were so yeah. pumped up. But like you said, that team refused to lose. They were smaller. They weren't as fast across the board. Right. Uh, they had some play. You know, Stuttgart's got some studs, don't get me yeah. wrong. But just as far as, I mean, that, that Robinson team, you look at them, you're like, they should never, ever lose a football game. Yeah. And, and Coach Price had them, you know, he kept them in the game. They did. And, and a big shout-out, you know, of course, everybody knows Max Prairie Wings. We we went there before the ball game and, and kind of shopped around, had a big time there, and then went over to open season uh, restaurant, bar and grill. And Boy. Had a great meal. and Man, it was just – it was an awesome, awesome Friday experience. night. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's kind of funny because that was the first of the rest of the playoffs. Right. So it's like, where do we go from there? <laughs> yeah. You know? How do you top that? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm excited. I think uh, I think it's going to be a fun rest. Of, you know, kind of adding in the the restaurant and 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 the the atmosphere of the town as well makes it just kind of a fun road trip. And every, mm-hmm. everywhere we went, I mean, when we we were talking to people along the way, they asked us if we were in town. You know, with with Robinson. You know, we they told we told them we were in or town. hunting. Yeah, or hunting. Yeah. They told them we were in town for the game. They said, "Oh, well, you, you're with Pulaski Robinson." I said, "No, we you, we do a podcast and we're just coming down here and so." We got to interact with some fans that way, too, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a blast. It was a blast. And finally, this week, the Hogs are back. Finally. Oh, man. You know, it's funny because what do we do the other 42 weeks of the the year (laughs) when we don't have Razorback football? Because it seemed like this last weekend it was just torture. Right. Uh, Man, going to Columbia, we mentioned that a while ago, Got the game back that we were supposed to have last week. So we're going to Columbia, battle line rivalry, Mizzou Tigers, 11 o'clock kickoff. Ugh. It's I, I don't hate watching the 11 o'clock kickoff, but I just like the games under the lights. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Mizzou's picked by three. Mm. They've won the last four. We're coming off a two-game losing streak. They've won three out of four with the domination of a win uh, at, what, Vandy? Mm-hmm. Uh, give us some stats, man. You know, looking at this game, I don't think these two teams could be any more even. I, you're you're right. I mean, they are absolutely every each side of the ball, statistically, yards, points, everything. Yeah. So off, offensively, Arkansas comes into the game averaging twenty five point eight points a game, giving up thirty point nine on defense. Missouri comes in averaging twenty four point four on offense and only giving up twenty five on defense. So they got us a little bit of an edge uh, scoring wise defensively. Yards per game, Arkansas is averaging three ninety five uh, a game on offense, two fifty two through the air, one forty two on the ground. Giving up, don't get this. We're giving up four hundred and twenty seven yards on defense. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, we've touted this defense and how impressive they've been all year, and they and they have been, and they've been scrappy. But when you look at the numbers, we give up a lot of yards. We have all all season too. Yeah. It's not like just all of a sudden, 
because we've seen some times this year where it's like, oh, we got exposed a little bit. Yeah. You know, maybe that zone, that eight, like you talk, you could all call it the eight man zone, you know. There's holes. There's holes. Always. And so, if you don't mix it up, the, you, you can get – with a good quarterback, you can get burned. And also, um, they uh, – crap. You, well, you know – you know defense. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Well, you know defensively for us, the the way that we're good is when we create turnovers. That's right. That's right. And if we're not creating turnovers, that's when we're in trouble. That's exactly right. And, and, that, and that's what I was going to say a while ago is – We've given up those yards all year long. It's just that we were getting turnovers, and so everybody's like, That's Arkansas's right. defense is real. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we had a player with three turnovers, a walk-on freshman with <laughs> three turnovers in one game to go along with the other three the same game. Sure. And so it's like, this defense is awesome. Well, this defense is awesome if we're catching the ball. Yeah. But as far as just giving up yards, it's not that great. You know, you look at Franks, and he just continues to get better every game. Uh, he's completing 68% of his passes this season, over 2,000 yards with 17 touchdowns and only four interceptions. Now, this is a stat that kind of that kind of shocked me when I was going through this. Their quarterback, Connor Basilak, he's a freshman. He's completing 70% of his passes. He's thrown for 1,600 yards, but only five touchdowns. Get this junk. How many times do you think he's been sacked this season? Oh, I, we what, we've probably been over twenty, so I'd say probably twelve to fifteen. So Franks has been sacked twenty three times yeah. this year. Basilak's only been sacked ten. Golly! Mm. So just imagine how much better Franks' numbers would be if he was standing behind that offensive line. That and can you imagine if we don't bring pressure, what's going to happen? That's right. That's right. I mean, we've got to figure out a way. Now, granted, we'll have – Pittman said we're, we're pretty much coming out this week full Full strength. Yeah. yeah. So, that being said, we got to get somebody in the backfield. He can't sit back there. I agree. And, and he's a freshman. I mean, you've got to rattle this kid a little bit. You've got to make him make quick decisions. You've got to put pressure on him. And you've got to make him uncomfortable. If not – it, it's not, it doesn't matter that he's a freshman if he's got 15 seconds to sit back there and make a decision. Right. Well, I got a stat for you. Let's hear it. Felipe Franks leading the nation and passes over 50 yards. That's awesome. I can see that. Yeah. Because he can drop them on the He's leading dime. the nation in the long ball. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, did y'all see on Twitter where King Boyd opted out the last two games? I did. What's your thoughts there, John? I think that for him – it makes sense. Um, I don't ever like anybody that doesn't finish something. Yeah. I just want the way I was. That's not how I was raised. Right. But he's not been just real impressive. He's not coming back, obviously. He's got a draft pick, you know, basically already. So what's he have to gain in the last two weeks? I, I, mean, I, can, I can go both ways on this. I mean, I, I understand personally why you would do it. With only two games left, and, and like you said, it doesn't look like he's been at full strength. And you take these two games off to get prepared for the draft and the combine and all that good stuff. But at the same time, you made a commitment to your team and to your boys. And Yeah, but how many times does he make a commitment to a team? <laughs> <laughs> he's a good, on his fourth now. That's a good point. That's a good point. I just I would just like to have seen him finish the season and, and just, you know, finish out his career here at Arkansas. But, hey, I, you can't fault the kid for wanting to protect his – his future and you know, and his family, he's got to do what's best for him. So I get it on that on that aspect. I yeah, I do. Um, 
I, I tell you what I want to see this week is TJ Hammonds. Yeah. I mean, who are we going to put in there? Spivey's gone. So who who do you put in there to run the ball? Yeah, I, I think you're going to get a heavy dose of, of Traylon Smith. Sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. But, I'm just talking about but, who's going to be that back guy. Yeah, Hammonds, and I think you'll you'll probably see uh, a little bit of Traylon Burks in the backfield. In the backfield. Mm-hmm. That's what I've got in my notes. I I, I, I put that, you know, with, with Boyd out, you know, not a big deal for this team just because of the play we've seen from, from Smith. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to see T.J. Hammonds on the field. Traylon Burks needs to see the ball 12 to 15 times. Yeah. Uh, and we need to spread it out to Woods, Kern, and Knox. I think we got to get Knox involved. Because let me tell you, Burks and Woods have been dynamic. Both of them. And Kern has been consistent. Mm-hmm. You've got to – I mean, you've got too much talent in Knox. We saw it last year. To not get him on the right page. I agree. So what do you think? Who are you going with? Um, I'm gonna go with the Hogs by six. I'm with you. I'm going Hogs by ten in this one. Well, and and one thing I didn't mention a while ago that I want to mention is the strength of schedule difference. So you look at those stats and they're so close, but the strength of schedule's not. That sure they played Alabama, they played Florida, but their other games like their you know where we played uh, Auburn and A and M and some of these other teams they played. Kentucky, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. Right. And one in, one intangible we have not even touched on is Barry Odom. Odom. Yeah. And, and that stack like to Missouri. And, I mean, can you just imagine the feeling after somebody fires you and tells you you're not good enough to coach here? Yeah. And how bad you would want to win this ball game. And, and also, I think part of the, the deal, too, with him getting fired was over that whole scandal that went on that was before he was even there. Right. I heard a guy on, on the buzz this morning talking about how how unfair that whole situation ended up for Barry Odom. Sure. And that, that he did not deserve what he got there. And yeah, I love it. Yeah. I mean, I love him going back up there saying, Yeah. Going to the show me state. Well, you know, you, you know, you know he's gonna rally rally those kids up and they're gonna fight tooth and nail to get this win for him. Yeah. Hey Carl, do you know why parents no. <laughs> do you know why parents like for their kids to play football at Missouri? Why is that? Because they don't pick on anybody. You still got them. I you? got them, son. I got them. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's jump into our week three of Arkansas high school football playoffs. Before we jump into that, let's talk about the picks from last week. As bad as I hate to bring it up, Mr. McJunkins got me again. So, hey, hey play my jingle, Carl. <laughs> do, do we need here right now? All right, oh, here we go. We have to. After y'all see my pick from last week, we're going to talk about it a little bit. You're going to call me Crystal Ball. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. You know what I'm talking about? You ain't there first, you last. Thank, thanks so much for You that know, call. I hate that you didn't get your jingle last week. You know, and if you stay at this podcast thing long enough, maybe you'll get one. <laughs> So let's go through the numbers. We had we picked twenty eight games last week. I was twenty four twenty eight. Junk was twenty five of twenty eight. Twenty five of twenty eight. That gum is that close to ninety percent? That's almost an A. That's eighty nine percent. Good job. You know what eighty nine means? What's that? It means you wasted nine points. You still got a B. <laughs> 
So the the pick come down to it was tight, and we were talking about it that night. It come down to the Sylvan Hills Lake Hamilton game, which I picked Sylvan and Junk picked Lake Hamilton, and that ball ball game went into overtime, and Sylvan Hills went for two and did not get it, and that yeah. that cost me the W. And to be honest, you, you are still winning. Yeah, overall, I'm I'm still up on you three games, so I'm still the man. Got a jingle for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, kiss your boots if you can do it. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. I'm the man. Yeah, baby. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I love it, man. <laughs> I'm the man. You know, Carl, I'll take back everything I said about Sean being here. <laughs> Yeah, John didn't come up with no jingle like this. I played some Ace of Base for it last week. I thought that would fit you well there, Wilcox. Absolutely. So, you, you're running out of time, John. Yeah, and I might be saying this at the wrong time. You mentioned that Sylvan game at mm-hmm. one point. Dude, and I know we're going to go over 6-8 in a little bit, but how about that defensive coordinator at Sylvan? Six quarters without a point? Man, that's impressive. I mean, that's, tough, that's man. playing some ball. <laughs> Not just six quarters, six quarters deep in the playoffs. That's right. That's right. Very impressive. All right. Well, we'll jump into our playoffs, and uh, we'll start with 2A again like we do every week. Um, Junk, tell us your top five for 2A football this week. Um, I think it's pretty much the same except well, Bigelow, that tough loss to, to Desark, got to move down just a hair. But, you know, I got Fordyce at one, Gurdon at two, Desark three. Junction at four now, and then Bigelow at five. That's exactly who I've got. And I, I mean, the only thing, only difference for mine last week, I had Bigelow at four, but with that loss, I, I bumped them to five. I think they finish up the season as the as the fifth best team in the state. Let me tell you something about this Desark team. Uh, you know, I picked them to. I picked that as a close game. I did pick Desark to win, mm-hmm. and this is why. This week, and we'll get to it in a little bit, but I, you know, coming into it when I first started my notes, I thought oh, Junction will beat them. But let me tell you a stat here from Friday night. They beat Bigelow by 16, big win. Their quarterback slash linebacker, right? Luke Morton, he had 82 yards rushing for three touchdowns, nine tackles, one interception, and a forced fumble. That's pretty impressive. That is showing out. Yes, sir. That's playing some ball. It is. Um, so I've got the. That's the, that's pretty much all I got on the notes for them, but man, that sixteen point win over Bigelow was big. It was big. I mean, I thought that would be a close ball game too. I, you know, I gave the I gave the nod to Desark in that game because of the that flex bone offense they run. Right, we right. Talk, we talked about we that. We did talk about that. And it's just it's hard to stop and it's proven, you know, seeing some of the teams that have moved on and, and advanced in the playoffs, um, some of those teams are still running the flex bone and some of them are running the wishbone. It's just a hard, hard offense to stop in high school football. And then, let me tell you about Junction too, man. They they that Jamal Johnson, eighteen carries, two hundred and fifty one yards, four touchdowns. Wow. I mean, you talk about another ground and pound Friday night, and we got one two play, playing each other in three four play, you know, in our picks. Yeah, and uh, talk about two games that are both just physical. Yes, studs hitting studs games, and that's what I love about two A football. Yep, that's what you see. You don't see a whole lot of super duper scheming. When Harding Academy and Shiloh came into two A when I was in high school, it was the first time anybody really come in and run a spread. Sure, 
and now they've moved up, and so you're still kind of back down to that. You see it a lot. I mean, even Middle Springs, where I grew up, you know, we threw the ball away once a game. Now they're going to throw it a few times. Mm-hmm. Every school does now. But still, you're getting those fast, athletic, strong kids coming in there and just pounding That's the ball. right. That's right. So just to kind of set you up for the two A uh, semifinals, on one side of the bracket, you got Des Arc taking on Junction City, Junction City going to Des Arc. And then on the other side, you've got uh, number one Fordyce going to number two Garden, and that is our ASI Spotlight Game of the Week. Junk, talk to us a little bit about this matchup. I got to be honest with you. No disrespect to the other teams, the state championships the week early. I agree. Uh, I think these two teams are the best two teams of state. Um, they're both physical. They're both athletic. You know, they've had. I was blown away by how two teams in separate conferences have. So much of the same opponents. I mean, they both played uh, – who was it? Hampton. Bearden. Bearden. Uh, almost Carlisle. Right. Because uh, uh, COVID got Carlisle. But, uh, and then there was another one or two. And it's like these teams have played four, the five, four or five of the same teams. Right. That was the difference between the two teams when I look at it because, you know, you can go back and forth. You know, Gurdon – Lost by six points to Prescott, who we know is great awesome. team. Yeah, and that's their only loss. But then also, Fordyce beat Rising. They beat Monticello. So a big good team, Monticello a team. good team, and a good Rising team. Yeah, that's and right. uh, so it's like, where do you go? Especially since Gurdon has the the advantage of being at home. But then, if you look at those t- games that they had the same, mm-hmm. not a single one of them is Gurdon. Did Gervin have a more dominant win? Right, right. Every single time, sure. Fordyce was a 10, 15, 20-point favorite. Sure. And so I went back and forth on this one, to be honest with you, Junk. I, I thought, you know, both of them match up. You know, Fordyce is averaging 43 points a game, only giving up 10. Gurdon's averaging 40 points a game, only giving up 14 and a half. I thought, you know, going back and forth – I thought, man, I'm just I'm, I'm gonna have to go with the home team on this one. I'm gonna have to go with the Gold Devils. It's because you know Fordyce is coming to Garden, and then I went back to Fordyce. But I think the thing that threw me back to the Fordyce side is, you know, we can talk all day about their their athletes, the quarterback Jaheim Brown, the running back Gary Lewis, uh, Jacques Cross, stud athletes. I mean, fast, elusive. We could talk about them all day, but I want to give a little love to the to the offensive line because we don't talk about them very often. All the big daddies. The big daddies. So, they've got four seniors and a junior on the offensive line. you got Josh Harrington, Tristan Thrower, Ethan Carpenter, Ethan Matkin, and then their junior, Carson Williams, who will end up being a D1 center. He's like 6'4", 285. Big boy. Big boy. But, man, they've got it done and this these, year. And these kids are state champions. They are. They are. State champions. Return to state champions. Yeah. So, they've kept – just to tell you how good they are, they've kept – Jaheim Brown, their quarterback, upright. He has over 6,600 total yards in his career at Fordyce. 98 touchdowns. That's like Bryant numbers. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, now, he started all three years for him, but still, mm-hmm. 6,600 yards and 98 touchdowns is pretty dead gum impressive. You know, part of me, I think, going into this, kind of like you were looking at Gurdon being the, the favorite, I think it's because Fordyce was already up there and Gurdon's the sexier pick mm-hmm. because we've had Fordyce at number one since day one. That's right. And Gurdon's worked their way up to the top of the ranks. And so I think kind of wanting that upset, not because we're pulling against Fordyce, obviously because we – I mean, you t- I've touted them all year long. 
but just because it will want a close game. Yeah. And I think it will be a close game. But I got I got man, I got four dice by five. Okay. I've got I'm going with four dice by three in this one. So I I think it's going to be a great ball game. This is one of our we actually put a poll out on Twitter and some of some of our social media uh outlets to find out which which game between the match was going to go to this week. And this was one of the one of the options. And I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. It's the one I voted for. Is it? I voted. Did you vote? I did. Yeah, I voted for this one. Yeah. And it's not the pick. It's not. It's not. You'll have to find out later That's in the right. podcast. But, yeah, I'm going with uh, going with Fordyce, the road team, in this one by three. And that get, takes us over to the other side of the bracket. The only other matchup in 2A is Junction City. The Dragons going to the Desert Eagles. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yes, the Eagles. Yep. Yeah. What you got? Oh, me? Yeah. Man, I I went with the Eagles, man. Did you really? I did. I just I just looked I looked and looked and looked. And uh I did. I'm going with them, man. Wow, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I'm I'm going the other way. I'm going Junction City. I'm I'm going both road teams in this one. I'm going Junction City by seven. There was a couple of games that I looked at that they both played the same team, and that was my how those games and that'll get you in trouble. Well, and if I, you do that, that'll get you in trouble. It's hard to gauge those those matchups, but it is. I think the only reason I went with Junction and I gave them the edge because um, I've been a I've been a Desert fan all year and I've had them in my top three pretty much since we started the podcast. But Junction played Fordyce to the closest ball game that they've had all year. They did. They played them what twenty to six? Yeah, it was twenty one to six. I yeah, think something like yeah. that. So um, that's the reason I gave them. There we go looking at matchups again, but that's the reason, that's the reason I got And it will get age. you in trouble, yeah. but you can't not do it. Right, right. All right. So that, two, or that, I mean, uh, 3A. Yeah, so that'll wrap us up 2A. Start us off, Junk, 3A. The old Wildcats, man. Harding yeah. Academy, I got them at number one. They're 9-1. and one. Coach Evans over there, Neil Evans, doing a great job, even though he's a rattler. <laughs> no, I pull for Neil. I like Neil. I played ball there at Harding when he was a, a trainer, and then after I graduated, he ended up being a, a starter on our on the offense there, on a good offense for Coach Simmons. Uh, number two, Prescott. Number three, McGee. Number four, Hoxie. Number five, Centerpoint. Got center point oh, in there. I put them. I put the Knights up in there. Ah, I like it. I like. They're, it. they're playing some ball right yeah, now. They are. They're playing some good football. So I've got Harding Academy at one still, defending state champs. Hey, listen to this, Prescott. You said it right. <laughs> got Prescott at number two. I got Hoxie at three, McGee at four, and I moved Boonville to my fifth spot this week. So our ASI spotlight game of the week for three A this week is the McGee Owls going to Prescott. And uh, this is going to be a great matchup. McGee comes into this matchup off an impressive 42-7 win over a really good Lincoln team last week. So looking at that score was very impressive to me. And then Prescott comes and continues to roll. Uh, they rolled over a scrappy Melbourne team that surprised us this year with a couple of victories. They beat them 52-16. to Let me tell you something about McGee. They've given up 64 points <laughs> the entire year. That's right. Prescott has scored more than that in a game. That's right. And they've given up 64 points all year. That's 6.4 a game because they've only played 10 of them. And they're scoring 39. But let me tell you, if you go back and look at this Prescott offense, it's they've, a- they've scored over 60, I believe it was three times, and over 50 a couple. They're averaging 52 points a game. That's right. And they're only giving up 12. Yeah, yeah. So you've got the, the number one scoring offense in 3A going against the number one scoring defense in 3A. That's right. So it's offense versus defense this game. Yeah. So who are you going with? 
Well, man, especially and I, my my feelings for Prescott have just gotten stronger and stronger every week. You look at that Melbourne team they played last week. That's a good football team, and they rolled them up. They did. Uh, Jacob Nolan, uh, did you mention this? I don't, I don't think you did. No, I haven't. But Jacob Nolan threw for 269 yards, three touchdowns, ran for a touchdown, and made 10 tackles on defense. Yeah. And then Ja'Kalen Zachary caught f- of those those all three of those touchdowns that Jacob threw, Ja'Kalen caught and scored. He scored three touchdowns on five passes. Wow. I don't think Prescott will get 50, but they'll be close to getting 30. Even with the defense like this, yeah, you just got to. I mean, that's just the way football is. You look at college football these days; the, the teams, you don't go shut out a good offense. Yeah, you slow you, them down. And it used to be the the old yeah. adage was defense wins championships, but I think that shifted. Yes, I, I think it really has shifted. You just when you're playing powerful offenses now, you just got to slow them down and outscore them. That's right. You're talking about you know quarterback Jacoby. I think it's Jacoby Nolan. Oh, it may be. I may have missed. Yeah. Him. So he he's thrown for 1,900 yards a season. This is what's really impressive. 28 touchdowns versus two interceptions. So that's – I mean, that just tells you right there a kid makes great decisions with the football. He protects the football and doesn't really put them in, in a situation, you know, for turnovers. So that kind of stood out at me. They've got playmakers all over the field. So does McGee. But that defense junk, like you said, we've talked about it. They're so impressive defensively. And they, they hold their opponents to under 10 points a game. And – you know, what, what's really impressive, They a lot of their players, and you'll get this in 3A and 2A football especially, but a lot of their offensive playmakers are playing on both sides of the ball. And so they're playing Ironman football. But I think I'm going to go with the home team in this one. I'm going Prescott by eight. I went Prescott by ten. I like it. All right, so that'll jump us in, too. <laughs> and it may be ten to zero or, or it might be <laughs> 12 to two. You know what I mean? It That's may right. be a little scoring. That's right. So that'll bring us into our lightning round for 3A. It is our quarterfinals, and to set that up, we'll go ahead and go through the bracket. you got Harding Academy, uh, Boonville going to Harding, Harding Academy. Well, the winner of that will take on the winner of Centerpoint going to Glen Rose. And then on the other side of the bracket, you got McGee going to Prescott. And then on the, they'll take the winner of that will take on the winner of Paris going to Hoxie. So let's jump into it. we got Boonville going to Harding. Who you got, John? I got Academy by 12. I got Academy by 13. Center point, your top five this week for you. Yeah. Going to Glen Rose. So I'm gonna give you I want to give you a couple stats real quick. Okay. So number one, this is a repeat matchup. Mm-hmm. Glen Rose beat them seven to six. Yeah. At Glen Rose. I'm going with center point by six because of the way they're playing at this point in the season. Okay. Let me give you the stat though. The the, the stat, the other stat I want to give you. Their quarterback. Josh Lawson, Friday night, mm-hmm. was 18 for 18. Is that right? 204 yards and three touchdowns, and he rushed for another touchdown. Wow. So he's, 18 for – he was perfect. That's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. Did you know in that in that first matchup between center point and Glen Rose that Glen Rose turned it over five times? Oh, I wish I'd have known that before. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it happened again. So I'm, I'm going to go Glen Rose in this one, but I, th- I do think center point's playing a lot better football than the first matchup. I'm going to go Glen Rose by six. Feel like he's holding out on me a little bit, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then the final matchup in three A, we got Paris going to Hoxie. Hoxie continued to roll last week. Impressive, impressive win last week over Nash. Or I mean, sorry, um, over Newport. Yeah, I'm gonna go Hoxie in this one by seventeen. I'm gonna go Hoxie by sixteen, and I feel like we would be doing a disservice without telling a little bit, just real quick, about the Powell brothers. Oh my goodness! So quarterback Dalen Powell. 
threw for 103 with a touchdown and rushed for 152 yards and three touchdowns, and he wasn't the show of the night. That's right. His brother, Shandarik, 339 yards and three touchdowns. The Powell brothers scored six touchdowns. It's insane. And let's see, well, how, many, how many yards is that? That's like 480, 400, over 490 yards rushing. And if you throw in the 103, together they had over 500 yards. That's awesome. And and what Shanderick had, how many carries? Like 16? Like it wasn't very many carries that he had 300 yards. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was 16. I, yeah, I, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're right. I didn't write it down, but it was like 16. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, those boys are they're a handful at Hoxie. Dude, and that and they got there's another one. There's a third brother. <laughs> I know what. He's a sophomore, isn't he? Uh, or no, yeah, he's a junior. He's no, a he's junior. a junior. He's a junior. Yeah. All right. So that'll take us into our we're gonna throw it to you, Stuttgart Carl. Our oh, email question. The old the American Safeguard Insurance question of the week. Yeah. All right. You've got mail. Dude, this thing claims I have mail. Amazing what we can do with computers these days. Dude, now I'm reading it. All right, guys. So this question comes in from Barry in Conway, and it was a pretty interesting question. Thought I would throw it out to you. He said he loves the podcast, and he said, rumor has it that Urban Meyer is being considered for the University of Texas job. However, if Urban is offered the Dallas Cowboy job, which one do you think he would take? Keep up the good work. Thanks, Barry. Barry, thanks for the question, man. That's a that's a tough one there. I'm, I, you know, here's the deal with Urban Meyer. To me, he's won big in two different schools. Yes, he can win. He's a winning coach. He's, he's, he's a, a punk. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, John. You know, so he won. He won at Utah. And then he goes to Florida, wins the national championship. Of Florida goes to Ohio State, wins the national championship. Of Ohio State. Do you do you stay in the college ranks to prove your dominance and 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 carry on your legacy even further, or do you look for a, a bigger and, and and tougher challenge, an unproven challenge, going to the NFL? I think it's all about ego at that point, right? I, I don't know what the answer is, but I know Texas, the University of Texas, has got a buttload of money that they will throw at uh, any coach too. So I've got the answer for me because let me tell you something. Taking that job at Texas, you're just asking to get chewed up and spit out. I'm telling you, that's a tough place to coach football because the expectations are high. You can be pretty good and not even be welcome. Yeah. The other side of that with the Dallas job is Jerry Jones is pretty good about getting behind his coaches yeah. and his players. He is. And so you can be pretty bad for a while and Jones <laughs> and Jones still get on the, on the TV and say, he's our guy. And then he turns around and fires them a week later. But but after four or five years, I mean, you can go ride that train for a while. I'm going to tell you, you go down to Texas and lose five games two years, you're gone. Yeah. I, ask ask old, uh, uh Charlie Strong. Yeah. You know, I just don't – to me, I think Urban Meyer, it's more – it's not about the money to him at this point. The guy's made a, a ton of money. So money being off the table, let's not even make money a factor. Which job is sexier to you? I'd be embarrassed to go home to my kids. I was coaching at Texas. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd be fine with them coaching the Cowboys. Yeah. I'd say, kids, daddy's going out here to coach, but y'all still have to pull for somebody else. Because <laughs> you are not Longhorn. Man, I think I think Texas is a sleeping giant, man. With the resources and, you know, I, I, one of my best friends, Ty Miller, he grew up in Texas. He, of 
course, he's a Red Raiders fan. Yes, he, he grew, grew up around Lubbock, but you know, he tells me, and I think it's shifted a little bit. But growing up, he said Texas had the pick of the litter. Always, I mean, every top athlete in the state of Texas—that's where they wanted to go to school was UT. You're right, but you said they're a sleeping giant, but I think they're a giant that won't wake up because they—I mean, it should have happened a long time ago. Yeah, but think about the think about the coaches they've had the last two or three hires they've had. Even though they're they're good coaches, they're not sexy, proven winners. I mean, you got no. you got Herman who won at Houston. I mean, really, I mean, really, you got Herman who won at Houston. Then you got Charlie Strong who won at South Florida. I mean, you you bringing in Urban Meyer? Oh, it would be scary for him to go down there. I mean, for everybody else. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, he's not only do you have the power of the recruiting of. To Texas. Now you've got Urban Meyer recruiting to Texas. But I don't think that Texas has the appeal for players that they did 10 years ago. No, but I think Urban could change that. That's right. Though. That's where I was going with yeah, that. Yeah, I think he could change that perception of Texas, though, if he goes there. Yeah, but Well, right now but, is the time, too, because Oklahoma's not been real sexy, and they get a lot of those players. Well, and, and I, think that's, I think that was the reason A&M ponied up the money that they did to get Jimbo. Is because they thought they could bring in the name of Jimbo Fisher and they would attract more kids away from Texas to get them to A and M. You bring in Meyer and all the sexiness it goes flips, back. To, it yeah, flips. it goes back to Texas. But you just have to wonder too: Does he want to get out on the trail and start the recruiting process too? Right. You know, that's one thing I've always heard about coaches that go pro is that they don't have to worry about the recruiting aspect of it. You know, you, you ever the, been to the, Austin? The, yes, I have. Have you? No, I have not. You know, the motto for Austin is "Keep Austin weird." <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. Go down there, you'll see why. <laughs> it's a beautiful town, though. Now, granted, me and you, we don't have hair. Right. But if we did, and awesome, we'd have to. It had to be blue or, or pink or something. Because I'm telling you, huh? It's it's a, it's different down there. I, it, to me, if it was me, and of course I'm a, I'm a college football nut. I'm I'm not so much in the pros, but if it was me, I would want that challenge of winning a, a third national championship at a different school. I don't. Has anybody ever done that? Not that I know of. I don't think so. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think I think that's the route I would go, but that's just me. I know where you're going, John. You're going to Tech. You're going to the Cowboys. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would take the Texas job, yeah. like like you said, Wilcox, just for the challenge. Right. I mean, you know, it might be an ego thing, but just say, hey, I can do it anywhere. So, you know. Well, speaking of, speaking of Texas or Texas A and M. Do you know what happened when when Aggie fans, Aggie graduates, I mean, do you know what happens when an Aggie graduate graduates and moves to Mizzou? Both states get smarter. (laughs) (laughs) You're reaching now, son. Well, Barry, thanks for the question. Yes, thank you, Barry. Appreciate it. Barry, I like your name. Barry Odom. I love it. That was an awesome question. All right, so let's jump into 4A football. Oh, man. One One of our favorite classifications. Uh, we're down to the quarterfinals in 4A. I'll set up the bracket for you. You've got Dumas going to Shiloh, Ozark going to Stuttgart, and those two winners will meet in the semis. Warren going to Nashville, what a matchup that will be. And then the winner of that one will take on Crossit, who's going to Rivercrest this week. So, yeah, my top five for 4A this week is a little bit different, not a whole lot different, uh, with Nashville getting beat. Not Nashville. I'm sorry. Newport, Newport getting beat. I moved Nashville up, so I've got Stuttgart at one, off an impressive win over Robinson last week. Talked about that great ball game. Shiloh at two, they continue to roll. Rivercrest moves up to three. I've got Nashville at four, and then Ozark into my top five. 
I'm Stuttgart, Nashville, Shallow River, Crest, Ozark. Okay. Is that the same? No. A little different. A little different. A little different. Let me tell you something. If I'm Jack Hosman, the kicker at Stuttgart, three for three field goals, won the game with the with less than two minutes, minute and four seconds left. Mm-hmm. I'm walking around the school all week long introducing myself as the Iceman. <laughs> I'm telling you, in his veins. Yes, dude, he was clutch, though. That <laughs> yes, was some sir. pressure. Well, dude, and I, hey, what's crazy is, is, you know, they had the ball in the middle of the field, um, and, and they run a jet sweep to the left side, so he's got to kick it from the left hash mark from like the eight-yard line. I told Matt when they ran that play, I was like, man, they're just trying to make it hard on this kid. <laughs> but he nailed it, though. He did. he did. Never a question. No. Right through the middle. So our ASI uh, spotlight game of the week for 4A this week is – Warren Lumberjacks, 7-4 and four on the season, going to the Scrappers, going to Nashville, who are 8-2 and two on the season. Junk, I know you know a little bit about both these teams. Man, yeah, you know, there's a lot of history with both these teams in the in, in, in high school football. The classification's not always been the same. Right. But, man, both of them have been juggernauts. Warren's been up and down this year, and, and it's kind of hard to figure them out, but lately they're playing really good. Uh, you know, they just beat Arkadelphia. Yeah. You know, I was a big – Big Badger, me too. Powder. Yeah, uh, Nashville's lost one game in the state of Arkansas this year, and that was to a solid Ashdown team. In a way, I understand that they had players out. They had an impressive win over Elkins Friday night, and Ty Gordon is a star. Yeah, he is. Uh, he he threw for 141 yards, two touchdowns, and then ran for two more and got a, and scored a two point conversion. His dad's a superintendent there. Oh, really? Yeah. So you know he's proud. Uh, you know, I I just think that they're 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 matched up pretty well. If you look at the stats, yeah. I mean, both of them are scoring over thirty, giving up less than twenty. But the conference is a little different, mm-hmm. which you you might gig me a little bit here, a little bit about that. <laughs> but uh, it could be a shootout. But I think the Scrappers will beat them. Okay, I'm, what are you going with? I'm gonna go fourteen. Okay, yeah, you know, you look at this. Let me t- just say this. Coach Hembry down there at Warren, man, what a great job he's done with that program. Oh, he has. I mean, he's he's considered one of the best coaches in the state. And typically, I mean, he's kind of brought some innovative passing schemes down to Warren. Of course, he's had some. Boy, he's had some studs. Wow, he's had some unbelievable athletes. Come he's got there. one up there on the hill right now. He does. You know, but the last couple of years, they've gone more to a – he's kind of shifted his – his thinking and his scheme because of the players he's had. And he's gone to more of a run-dominated yeah. offense. And so uh, he's getting it done a different way. He's got uh, some running backs, Traylon Marshall and Cedric Calvert, out of the backfield that are that are tough to bring down and, and good workhorses for him. Jet Reap, he's a matchup problem. He's 6'3", 220 pounds, and they look for ways to get him the ball. And then on the other side of the ball, you've talked a little bit about Ty Gordon, and then their senior all-conference running back, Keyshawn Stewart. He's their workhorse out of the backfield. And they also look to get the ball to senior wide receiver Deva Raglan. Um, the Scrappers are returning eight starters on defense, and are led by All Conference safety Will Pope. You know, I was reading a little bit about this this Nashville bunch junk. They're returning sixteen seniors, and of those sixteen seniors, nine of them have started all three years. That's impressive. It really is, and so it, it speaks to you know maybe this is Nashville's year to take it all with that kind of experience. You know, I've been stuck with them you have. for the most part all year because uh, you just – especially when it comes to the playoffs, you can't count, count Nashville out. Right. Traylon must be a popular name in uh, one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, you can't count, 
count out uh, Coach Embry. I think he'll have a great scheme for Warren. You know, looking at Warren, like you said, they're ha- kind of hard to read because they started yeah. off, they lost the first three ball games of the year, and you're thinking, well, maybe Warren's just down this year. Yeah. But if you look at who they played, oh yeah, they played some really good football teams, and then yeah. and then they've won they've won six or seven, you know, coming down the stretch out to close the season. So they're playing good football of late, and I think you'll have them ready. I just think Nashville's got too much experience and and too much too many athletes on the field. I'm going Nashville by ten. And you know Nashville comes out of that seven. Go ahead, say it. That seven four A, the SEC of the four A, as Junk likes to refer to them. How many teams does the seven four A have left in the state? They got one. They got the Nashville Scrappers. Go ahead and tell me. So the eight four A, yeah, has three teams left out of the out of the eight. Okay, ask me next week. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> very good point. All right, so let's jump into our lightning round for four A. We got Dumas going too shallow. I've got shallow by fourteen. I got shallow by thirty-two. Woo. I'm telling you, I think they'll roll. Okay. Got Ozark going to Stuttgart. This ought to be a great matchup too. I've got Stuttgart by thirteen. You know Har- Harper Falkenberry over there is impressive. Yeah. He, he was six for eight Friday night, ninety-seven yards, twenty-seven carries for two hundred fifty-nine yards, yes. four touchdowns. But. I think this Stuttgart defense is too much for him. I agree. I'm gonna go Stuttgart twelve. I agree. I think, and that's the reason I went Stuttgart thirteen. I think Ozark, although they're very, very good offensively, I think they're too one dimensional. It's gonna take more than him. That's right. I'm, I'm with you. So then we our last matchup of four A. We got Cross it um, going to Rivercrest. Rivercrest have been they've been impressive all year. I'm going Rivercrest by seven. I got them by sixteen. Okay. So we agreed all four of those, right? So we yeah, got, we did. We got two matchups so far that we've disagreed on? Yep, so far. All right. I just need three. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so let's jump into 5A, one of our favorite classifications. We're down to the semifinals junk in 5A. So my top five for 5A this week is PA, the Bruins, still at number one. Win the Yellow Jackets at number two. Harrison at number three. Little Rock Christian at four. And then I I moved Magnolia to my fifth spot. I think, you know, looking at the scores and looking at the teams that were left based on how they played coming down the stretch, I think Magnolia deserves that that fifth spot for the state. Where did you have Harrison and Little Rock? I had Harrison three, Little Rock Christian four. All right, so my only difference in the top five is that I've got those flopped. I got PA win, Christian, Harrison, and Magnolia. Okay. Now, I saw something that David Basil posted on Twitter, and I cannot find it anywhere on the Internet. If it's not on the internet, can it be true? <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, it said that PA has the most yards of any offense in the nation. Wow. That's impressive. That's very impressive. You know, I was looking back at my top five uh, since week eight, since we started the podcast, and I've had PA, Christian, Harrison, and Win my top four the entire time, and it, it worked out to be the semifinals. Yeah. So, yeah, some great matchups this week. Our ASI Spotlight Game of the Week, 4-5-A, is Little Rock Christian, the Warriors, 8-2 and two on the season, going up to Golden Goblin, Goblin Country, yep. which is a tough place to up play. Up in the hills. Up in the hills. They're going to Harrison, who's 11-1 and one on the season. Junk, talk to us about the ball game. Matt, this is a tough one. Uh, you know, I, I, I picked Harrison last week, but I wasn't sure they'd get it done. I picked him two weeks ago against uh, Fair. Not fair, but fair view. And I even in that in that podcast, I said that they're going to be tested, and they were. They were. Both times they got it done. Uh, if you look at these two teams, Christian 
across the board has more dudes. They just do. They do. But let me tell you, anytime Cole Keelan's on your team, you're in the game. That's right. You know, both teams are, are super coached, you know, just very well coached. Harrison's at home. Let me tell you, I don't know if you saw Keelan Friday night, but he was 9 for 11 for 134 yards with two touchdowns, and then he ran for 110 and a touchdown. I know you saw him because you told me. Tell me what you told me. Man, this kid, like, we've we've raved about this kid all year. We actually got to see him up close and personal. Yeah, and he's legit. He's legit. And and the thing that, that impresses me the most about this kid is he's just, you know, he's nothing flashy to look at him. He's not super fast. He's not, you know, just overly impressive looking. But the kid is just a gritty football player and that's all you can say about it so he's a winner he's a winner and i mean he does whatever it takes to help his team win so last week the way i understand it harrison had to get a stop yeah they were down in the ball game had to get a stop guess who made this? they punted with like two minutes left yeah they they? punted with two and a half minutes left to give down the, to give the ball back to whitehall which everybody thought that's crazy what are you doing yeah. they did have all three of their timeouts left mr cole Keelon, outside linebacker makes the stop on second down and third down to get the ball back and then goes down and scores to win the ball game. That's stud city right there. I mean, it just doesn't get any better. So, you know, like you said, this game is going to be a a game of two different, you know, really two different styles. I mean, Lurk Christian has athletes all over the field. Coach Coe, who's done a tremendous job with those guys, and they're good year in and year out. Um, They're the only team that's that's really – tested PA in the last few years and, and they did actually beat PA two years ago for the state title. Yeah. But man, it's just this was a this was one of those that I I didn't really know which way to go on it. And oh by the way, we didn't even mention this is our between the mats. Oh yeah, we put it out there and the fans told us what they wanted. <laughs> That's right. This is our between the mats game of the week. So we will be making the trip up into the hills to watch this ball game. So it's gonna be a great ball game. I'm giving this one. I'm going home team in this one. I'm, I know this is a, is kind of a bold pick, and everybody thinks that we'll see the two um, private schools in the finals again for the third straight year. But I'm going with I'm going with Harrison in this one by one. So I do believe that it can be done by Harrison, but I'm going with Christian by six. Are you? Yeah. Just think they're too much for him. Huh? I just think when it comes down to it, there's just too much athlete on that side of the football i agree it's going to be a tough task and you know harrison's been tested the last two weeks and they've just found a way to they get have. it done they found it i'm so i'm telling you i think there's a chance there yeah because i mean i'm telling you you watch that stuttgart team beat a team that looked more athletic mm-hmm. same thing could happen here and, and you've got that grit inside of you that's right and i've actually gone to harrison personally and played and man it's a tough place to play it, it's a tough <laughs> I can place imagine. To so play. from what i hear there's a place called jamie's we're supposed to check out for supper oh yeah so yeah, I was uh, one of our one of our fans had had commented that if we go to Harrison, eat supper at James. Okay, we're looking forward to that. All right, so the other semifinal matchup is when the Yellow Jackets undefeated on the season going to PA. A lot of people junk think that uh, Win is one of the only teams in the state that can give PA a run. What do you think? I think it's going to be fun to watch it. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of offense. Yeah. You know, um, i tell you one thing, though, that sticks out to me this week. I don't know if you saw any stats from Friday night. You talked – you you kind of raved last week about uh, Fuda, Fuda Shinkawa. Because mm-hmm. you could talk about Joseph Hyman every week. Oh, yeah. I mean, 204 yards Friday night. Yeah, kids are stud. Four touchdowns. But let me tell you, Fuda, 
Friday night, 17 tackles, a sack, a 73-yard interception, and a recovered onside kick. Wow. <laughs> that kid is just all over the place. He is, man. He's a he's just a football player. I'm going with PA by 16. 16. I do, man. I tell you, win may be phenomenal. They're good. We know they're good. But they can come they can get beat by 16 and come closer than anybody else. That's true. That's true. You know, I'm really, I'm really anxious to see Wynn's um, approach to this game. We know, yeah. we know they run the flex bone, right? Which is what, what's crazy, and it always, it seems to play into PA's favor every, every year. But they played a team last week that ran the flex bone, so they've actually had a couple of weeks to yeah. prepare for this. And what did they do? They made them throw it. They did. They made them throw it. But I do think Wynn's a much more oh, efficient. Yeah much more efficient in their flex bone than, than Magnolia was, even though Magnolia was very good at it. Um, I just think Wynn's a little bit more talented up front and, and can hold off some of the blitz blitzes that P.A. threw at Magnolia. I think if Wynn can ball control P.A., keep yeah. it away from them and continue to churn <laughs> out first downs and field onside kicks. I was going to say, it may come down to can they make Wynn put it on the ground and can how many onside kicks they get? That's right. But I, I, I'm with you. I think PA is just too much in the end. I think PA ends up winning this one. I've got them by 10. So it looks like um, PA will advance to the state championship once again. Once again. When are they going to finally make all these private schools go 7A and just. Or <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Oh, all right. So we'll go ahead and jump in straight into our 6A. Uh, typically, we would talk at this point about our. ASI Faulkner County Player of the Week. We've concluded that program, but we're now taking our nominations for Player of the Year. Those are nominated by their head coach. We're gathering data for that right now. Check out our Facebook page in the coming days for our nominees, and then we'll actually have a Facebook poll to vote on Player of the Year. So I read something in the paper today uh, about NASA. So apparently they're moving their space program to Missouri Stadium. Here we go. Oh, my. And I kept reading to see why would they do this. Do you know why? No, because it has no atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> you set that up good. Dude. <laughs> you set that up good. I'm just a storyteller. Kyle. <laughs> All right. So into six A football, we're down to two. There's only two uh, left. These we're last in, two classes. Yeah. We're, so we're into our finals for six A and seven A. And so my top five for six A football to end the year, I've got Greenwood at number one who stayed undefeated, beating Marion last week, 51-7. to Lake Hamilton in a close one, man. What a ball game that was. Beating Sylvan Hills 21-20 to in overtime. I've got them at two. Sylvan Hills ends up the season at number three for me, and then Parkview and Benton. I'm the same, except I, I kept Benton at that four seed just because they're, they're head-to-head over Parkview. Yeah. You know, uh, and I and I hated so much for Benton for Coach so. Harris over there for those guys not to get to play mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Uh, Greenwood, man, I, I just sometimes I wonder what Greenwood would do in seven A. Yeah, I wonder if they wouldn't just be as good and maybe see them play Bryant. Right, uh, they're good, but like Hampton, hey, you know, ten point game when they played early in the season, get their rematch right at the Rock, baby. That's right. And this is another one of those games, Junk, and we've talked about it. Uh, I've talked about it a little bit at nauseum, but the the style of play and the, and these ground and pound offenses about how hard they are to stop. And, and you know, in, in high school football, we talked about win last week. We saw Magnolia the week before. Well, I don't think Lake Hampton runs the the flex bone, but they run a, a version of it. They run wing tee. There's a lot of motion, misdirection, and they just ground and pound. They they ball control, and that's the way they kept in the game with Greenwood the first matchup, only losing by 10. But, you know, Greenwood, when it gets this time of year, they know how to step on the gas. 
Oh, yeah. They know how to get it's it done. It's not foreign to them. No, it's not. And it, it is hard to beat the same team twice in one year. But when it comes to the Greenwood Bulldogs, I think this is just another week to them. Did you see what Richmond did Friday night? L.D. Richmond, the quarterback? Mm-mm. You know, they've had quarterbacks there. Just It's kind of like quarterback university there. He was 14 for 20 for 178 yards and three for three touchdowns and then turned around and ran for three touchdowns. Wow. Kid had six touchdowns. Sure. He's special. He is. And, we, you know, we talk about these programs. We go back to PA, and, we, and then you look at Greenwood. And one of the reasons, and you can even go back, you can go down to Lakeside. They're doing it now, too, with Coach McBride down there. Yeah. But these coaches. He's a scrapper. Is he? Yep. That's right. Sure he is. But these coaches have invested in their youth programs. They're, they're building from the ground up, and we've talked about this a lot, about you know coaches giving back to the youth program and, and learning these kids at a yeah. young age and, and implementing their system and, and their, their beliefs, their characteristics yeah. into these kids. And so when they get to the high school level, they already know what's expected of them. Oh, yeah. You know, when we played PA in, in with our peewee teams, Matt, we saw you know Kevin Kelly's on the sidelines. Right. When you talked to Christian about playing and you were the athletic director for the peewees here, mm-hmm. who did you talk to at Christian? They're athletic director of their high school. That's right. They're they're. I mean, and it makes sense. This is their future. That's right. I mean, if I if I'm a, if I've got it in my job, I'm doing everything I can for my future. That's right. And that's how you take care of your future as a coach and head coach. Get involved. That's right. And, and not only are you not only are you getting involved in these kids' lives at a young age, but you are building a program. Yes. You're building something. You're building a a, a belief and a characteristic in in what you're becoming. At a young age. And I guarantee you they don't see the numbers fall in high school from junior high that these that, that most schools see. That's right. Well, let me ask you this question. As a young kid, as a young football player, how much did you look up to your high school players? Or oh, absolutely. How, how much did you look up to your high school coach? Well, and the thing is, is the high school coach, you know, they, they thought the peewee program was a joke. Right. But you know what? Let me tell you this. And, and, and nothing against my high school coach because I, I, as I was in high school, I really became close to him. And, and also, to be fair – my high school coaches were not the same ones that were the coaches when I was playing peewee. Sure. But when I had my letter of intent signed for college, you know who was there? My family and my peewee football coach. Is that right? And I still talk to him. That's awesome. Because he meant that much to me in, 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 in just my, my football from day one. Sure. And, you know, I, I think a lot of high school coaches, for whatever reason, and, and there are some instances where there's, there's reason to look down upon peewee football if it's not done in the proper way. For the most part, you've got dads that love the game that are trying to, to build a love for this for this game yeah. at, at a young age. And I was involved with our our youth program. Carl was too. Um, you know, I I was involved for and ran the Pee Wee program at Greenbrier for eight years. Yeah. And just to see these kids grow and, and the love for their game grow as they get older, it's just really rewarding. Oh, it is. And you know, of those eight years you were there, four of them, I got to be a part right. of my son's team. That's right. And we coach those kids up, and and you talk about feeling vested in something. Sure. When you, I mean, those kids mean something to you. And when you watch them, and now those kids, we had them three through six grades, and now they're graduate. Or I say graduate, they're going. They just finished ninth football. They'll be going into tenth next year, mm-hmm. and we're seeing that, and it's just awesome. Like you feel like it's you as part of that out there. Sure. And I'll, I'll get off my soapbox about that now, but I. <laughs> Where I was going with that is it's just really great to see some of these high school coaches and some of these coaches that are being very, very successful really devote the time and invest in their youth program. And it's simple. It's logic. Sure. All right. So the finals for 6A football, Lake Hamilton and Greenwood at War Memorial, the old lady, I'm going to go Greenwood by 10. 
I got the old Bulldogs by 14. I got you. So, another state title going to Greenwood. Yeah, yeah. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Um, So, I I read, I was reading about the Razorback game this weekend. Apparently, Friday night, uh, Justin Timberlake's supposed to play at Tiger Stadium. Is that right? Yeah, he's a 10-point favorite. Oh, that's so bad. That, that's bad. <laughs> that's so bad. That's bad. All right. So, what'll bring us into our top classification for the state of Arkansas? 7A football. We're into our finals. And surprise, surprise, look to the, the two teams that are left standing. Here we go. Yeah. So, you got North Little Rock going to Bryant. Um, Junk, what do you think? North Little Rock got a shot? No. <laughs> no, but I'm going to say this. To be fair to them, they have proven that they are the second-best team in the state. They handled everybody else in their conference. They did. And they handled Cabot Friday night after Cabot beat Pittenville. Man, what a ball game that was. Oh, man. I, you know, I can't imagine being there. Yeah. But, I mean, it was it was a game. But Coach uh, – it was Eldridge. Yeah, Coach mm-hmm. Eldridge is – I mean, it's his first year. Yeah. He's going back to War Memorial. That's right. And, and let me tell you, Hayden Schrader for the, the, for the Hornets – Seven catches for 209 yards and four touchdowns Friday night. He is setting all kinds of records. You know what's crazy? I think I, I saw on his Twitter page that he's seventh in the nation in receiving yards, and the kid doesn't hold a single offer. What's what's going on there? I don't, Man, that's I don't hard. To, I mean, you look at when they played Rock, uh, North Little Rock last time. Mm-hmm. I think he set the, the – maybe the Bryant, the Bryant right, record. Right. In that game, you're talking about the second best team in the state. Sure, that's right. I don't get it. I don't get it either. But like I said, hats off to, to Coach Eldridge. You know, coming into a North Little Rock program that's storied and had such great success, following up a, a great coach, um, he stepped in there and, and got it done this year. Great win over uh, Cabot last week. Cabot played their tails off. Yeah, we knew that was going to be a little bit closer ball game, but we didn't know it was going to come down to the last possession. I felt like it was going to be a good one because yeah. I mean, you know, Cabot. You know, Conway beat Cap by two. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of felt like they were the stepchildren of the conference. Right. Just because they just couldn't quite beat the others, the the top echelon. Uh, they lost to North Little Rock. They lost, to, obviously, to Bryant. They lost to Conway. Then they go out there. They win their first game of the playoffs. You're like, good job. You kind of expected it, but yeah. way to handle it. Then they go to Benville and, and, beat, and whip their rear ends. Opened everybody's eyes. Yeah. yeah. And so you're thinking they're, they're rolling. So. Mm-hmm. It could be good, and it was. Yeah. You know, I just think in the end, Junk, Bryant, as we thought from week one, they're they're just so loaded. I mean, they're just completely loaded, both sides of the football. And Coach Buck James has got this this machine rolling, and I just don't see it stopping this week. I got Bryant in this one by 17. You might be a little shocked at this. I think that Bryant can beat anybody in the state of Arkansas by as much as they want to, and they want to win this game by a lot. I agree with you to a certain degree, to a certain extent, but the only thing that gives me a little bit of reservation in that is the way that this game ended the first time they played. There's going to be some black, bad blood in this one. Oh yeah, I, throwing I, the ball with a minute left. Yeah, I think. Oh North, yeah, I think North Little Rock's going to have a little bit of chip on their shoulder, and they keep it close early. Yeah, but I think Bryant pulls away. But that late. same reason that they did that is the reason I think they won't. They, if they get up by 15, 20, they won't take their foot I mean, off the pedal. If I'm Coach Eldridge, and I'm sure he's driven this point home, all you got to say is 
820 yards. That's right. Which is what Brian had against North yeah. Rock the first time they played. I picked uh, I picked Brian by 32. Oh, my word. Big I, win. I mean, what? when did they not? Yeah. When they beat, they beat Conway twice by 40 and, points. And we thought that would be a better ball game. Yeah. And they just dominated Conway. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. Hey, Carl. What do you call pretty girl on the Missouri campus? What's that? What's that? Lost. <laughs> Didn't you say that one last week? No, last week it was she was a visitor. <laughs> <laughs> this week she's just lost. <laughs> you changed it up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, so, so Arkansas State. Yeah. Dead gummit. Dead gummit. I pulled for them suckers and they are struggling. Yeah. Each the last two three weeks, man, they come in the game on the game being favorites because mm-hmm. they were playing teams that weren't very good. Once again, uh, I forgot who it was. They South played Alabama. South Alabama. Mm-hmm. They get beat. Yeah, you know, not a very good South Alabama. No, team. they were three and six, yeah. three and seven. Which you know, Arkansas State was too. We talked about last week how Arkansas State had a chance to run the table to finish the season and end up five hundred, and then they laid an egg last week. Yeah, and they're going to, have to play this weekend. Uh, they're playing ULM. They're playing Monroe. Well, we got some bad taste in our mouth in Fayetteville about Monroe, don't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're going to play Monroe, and Monroe's bad this year. They're 0-8, 0-9. Yeah, uh, but the Red Wolves need a big win. They need one in a bad way. Uh, the defense has just been terrible. You know, we talked about that earlier, how they got rid of their coordinator, and you can't expect it to turn around yet right? until you get somebody in there. But uh, kind of surprisingly, I think the Red, the Red Wolves are picked by twenty and a half points. Uh, so they're they're expected. I mean, ULMs must be real. Bad. They must be pretty. And, and one thing I noticed, I think they're averaging about sixteen points a game on offense. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, so wow. you know they can't score, which is a big advantage for A State because A State can score. Yeah, they got a great offense. You know, Adams is impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the defense is bad. Uh, it'll be a great opportunity for Coach Anderson to get a win, get some confidence back in this team because they're going to finish next week with Incarnate Word, who is a double-A school. Should win that one. Should win that one. So, you know, great great opportunity here for Arkansas State to get back on track a little bit to finish the season. Yeah, and I think they will. I, you know, I always pull for Coach Anderson, and I, I think he does a great job up there with that program. They've they've had great success the last – what are they going to like eight or nine bowl games in a row? Oh man, you know they went to the GoDaddy dot combo for like four years in a row. <laughs> That's right. So I think he'll turn it around. I, I really pull for Arkansas State. I do too. Even though I'm a huge hog fan, I still want the yeah. I want the Arkansas State. And uh, I never got that people that can't be both. Right. I agree. I think they can both have success, and you can both be you can be fans of both programs. Sure. So, I think that's it. You got anything else for us this week, John? No, I mean, I do want to ask Carl one more question. Lay it on me. Uh, what do you call five-star commitment? A high school player who's a five-star commit at Missouri. What's that? Future transfer. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on, word, dude. Okay, so real quick. So, so how many picks were y'all different this week? I think just two. Three. Was it three? I think so. Oh, oh so we could, could have a tie for this could, week? We could have a tie or we could have a blowout. Ooh. Sure. I think Harrison put us at three. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah I think that's, that's right. right. Yeah. Interesting weekend, boys. Looking forward to it. That's right. Well, guys, thanks so much again for listening to us. We're having a blast. Um, hoping that you guys are getting uh, some enjoyment out of this. We we thoroughly enjoyed our trip to Stuttgart last week and looking for another great trip to Harrison on Friday. So if you're up in that, that Harrison area, come by and say hi to us and introduce yourselves and 
Uh, look forward to that trip. It's going to be some great high school football this week. It is. I'm looking forward to it. And I, I really enjoyed the fans last week at Stuttgart. Yeah. And like you said, Harrison, hey, give us a shout. We'd love to see you. Love to talk about you next week on the, on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Go Hogs. Woo Pig. Peace out, Monticello. You've been listening to Between the Mats, your year-round source for Arkansas high school sports with Matt McJunkins and Matt Wilcox, produced by Carl Spears. And special thanks to our sponsor, American Safeguard Insurance. I'm JB Brazil. Be sure to join us next week for another episode of Between the Mats.